Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We have Jaime Rivera back on the show, uh, a remote show for us. I know that we usually get together for these things, but a remote show because he had so many things to talk about when it comes to this week's Apple event. I'm sure everyone has a lot of thoughts, and I get Jaime's in this show. We talk about the AirTags and why I wasn't too sure what the hype was all about. We talk about the new colorful iMacs and why I actually really adore them. And then Jaime goes at length about the iPad Pro and what it brings or doesn't bring to the table with the new M1 chip now inside. With all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode all about the Apple event on the Pocket Now Weekly podcast. Enjoy. All right. So we have, this is one of those weeks that I would expect you are so excited about because it's another Apple event. <laughs> I could be. You could be. And then I watched your daily or rather, oh. would you categorize it as a daily? Because I couldn't you, you make went a daily. In. I just, I looked, I, you know, the event finished, we covered it. And then I was like, I started scripting. And then I was like, no, I can't do a daily on this. This is going to be more an opinion piece than anything. That's what I was about to say. And I, I struggled with the concept of reporting the news. And I'm like, you know, I actually like this format a lot more where to a certain degree, I'm reporting the news, but more with, you know, some added opinion where I don't have constraints of the format that I've, you know, it's daily's 10 years old. And I was like, you know, why don't we just, I'm going to try something new right now. Cause I just, God, Apple, like <laughs> when you uh, told me you made the video, I love the wording that you made. You were like, I just made a video essay on the new yeah. Apple event. And you know what it kind of was it. I just, I really wanted to, okay. I have been an iPad user since generation one and I have, wanted to love iPads ever since. But up until, you know, at first I tried it, it was a cool thing, but then I realized it was just an overblown iPod touch that was no better than my iPhone. Mm -hmm. And it just became this other thing that I had to carry and it provided very little value. And it wasn't until Apple launched the first iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil that I was like, oh my God, Microsoft OneNote, the stylus, and ever since the iPad has been this like digital notepad, and even Diego uses it for college, I use it for school as well. It has become such an awesome tool, but it continues to be something extra that I have to carry. Yes. And you know, you know how we travel. Like for me, it's not been until now that I only travel with the M1 MacBook Pro and that iPad Pro that I'm comfortable carrying it, you know, carrying both things for the weight. But it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that this is so much underutilized potential. I don't, I don't know which other way to call it other than why. Like, why is it? Like, tell me what is the difference between the A14 Bionic and the M1, if not more cores and more RAM. And so if you give me all that power, but the iPad is going to continue doing iPad things, where there is no difference between the $329 entry-level iPad and the iPad Pro and anything other than how fast it's going to launch an app, then why would you be willing to pay the amount of money, more money than, an iP than a MacBook Air for an overblown iPhone? That, by the way, the iPhone handles widgets better than the iPad. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, why? Why is it that Apple neuters like I understand that Mac OS was not designed for a touchscreen. Mm -hmm. And I understand that Mac OS is not the solution for the touchscreen. But if Apple has now ported the M1 to the Mac, it started there and now it brings it to the iPad and you can run iPad applications on the Mac, then why can't you run Mac applications on the iPad if technically they're pretty much almost the same operating system. But wouldn't the M1 be that bridge? Isn't it doesn't that feel like that's it what is, they're trying to but do? It is, but why is it that you like I don't like honestly, I don't need I think that that's what was missing from this event. Mm -hmm. I get it the WWDC is down the corner and there's a part of me when I ended the video that I was like I think that there's more. I I there just has to be more otherwise this this product has no purpose to exist. It just does not like, how is this any different than an iPad air with the a 14 bionic? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the, diff there is literally none. If, if it doesn't really matter how much Ram or how many GPU cores are there, do you really think a teenager is going to buy an iPad for gaming? Nope. 
like an iPad Pro for gaming just because it's got more GPU? No. So unless you give me a professional reason for that thing to be called a Pro, it has no reason for being. And, and, I, and agree. I totally agree with mm-hmm. you there. And the first thing that keeps coming to mind when I think of the Pro is the fact that they added Thunderbolt support, which I feel like was possible because of the M1. And yet... Right. The Thunderbolt, right. when I, what happened, okay, you and I have had this conversation in the past. Whenever we say Thunderbolt, what's the first thing that comes to my mind? An eGPU. But yeah. it makes no, no sense on an iPad. <laughs> yes, in your case, no, because you're not used to editing videos on a hard drive where mm. I am. True. So for me, it's actually a big deal. Um, I actually edit most of my videos on a hard drive, not because I don't have enough storage, but because I've had bad experiences with a computer not waking up one day. And what happens if my project is stuck in the computer? How do I get it out? And so I learned my lesson. I edit on hard drives because that allows me the versatility that if anything were to go wrong, I could just pull the hard drive out, continue on another computer, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's a big deal. And uh, But you know, going back to the topic, a lot of people were like, yes, but there's so much potential. I'm like, I get it. But you don't understand. Like there is nothing. There was nothing. Hold. Like if you get me Adobe in that in that event, telling me what this thing can do in Photoshop. Like what was so hard about right there announcing a version of Final Cut Pro and a version of whatever other Pro Mac applications that now work on the iPad? That there's no need to port them. They already are designed to work on it. Mm-hmm. All they need to do is throw it on the damn app store. And if you want to charge me again, I don't care. And it's not just about Final Cut Pro. There are so many other like if think about this. If there is an M1 version of Photoshop, why would you want the iPad version which is significantly butchered compared to the other? If there is an M1 version of Microsoft Excel, why would I want the iPad version if the M1 version is so much better? And then a lot of people, their argument is like, well, yeah, but Apple would then not sell MacBook MacBooks. And I'm like, you don't understand Apple. You, you understand that Apple is the company that launched the iPhone because they knew that if they did not cannibalize their iPod, somebody else would. And so if there is one company that's willing to kill its own products for survival, it's Apple. Mm-hmm. If there is proof that there is so much more benefit in using an iPad or, listen, I, again, I don't think there's a need for Mac OS. I don't need Mac OS. What I need is that iPad OS to run Apple applications. I want that app, the App Store to have a filter for Mac apps and let me pick my poison. Let me choose what I want to use. If the iPad version is enough, then great. If the if I feel that it's uh, underpowered, like for example, if I want to build a pivot chart in Excel on an iPad, I can't. And so I want the full blown version of Excel on my iPad. That's just it's what I want. But do you think? And so I just do you think there's mm-hmm. an actual need in consumers right now though to have the form factor that an iPad has? Here's the thing let we go back to the the premise that i'm trying to make Mm. do you need an ipad pro is there a purpose for an ipad not when this is right now i'm I'm, I'm literally about to get back on my macbook (laughs) (laughs) and so think about this if you have a 329 dollar ipad that already supports the apple pencil there is no purpose in saying that artists will prefer an ipad pro where I mean, I have a couple of friends that are cartoonists that adore their iPads, mm. but for them, the iPad Air is now enough. Like there is like for for five hundred bucks, why else would you want to spend more money? Why would you want to spend eleven hundred dollars on a twelve point nine inch iPad just because it has mini a mini LED display with better contrast? Like. I don't have mini LED on my MacBook Pro, and I'm perfectly fine editing editing video on this thing. It's color accurate, and so will this, you know, so will even the iPad Air. So it's not like if the current LED display is a slouch. Sure, you'll have better local dimming and everything, but what do you do with your iPad? Like, do you watch movies on it? And if you watch movies on it, then, um, you know, do you really need a Pro? True. That's true. And so it just it comes to a point where unless you give me yes, you're giving me Pro Display XDR capabilities on that thing. That's fantastic. That's all great. I just what for? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I would what ask the for? same thing about the like, updated you, cameras. Uh -huh. You know, they're, they're just not, what are they for? Like, it doesn't actually truly elevate it over that $11.99 price point or $10.99 price no, point. There is no single application, unless there's any that requires LiDAR, which I know none of. And there could be. I, I just, I haven't, I don't have a LiDAR iPad because I don't care. Um, I, dude, I skip reviewing the 2020 iPads first because of the pandemic. Like it was a nightmare just to get them shipped to me. Mm -hmm. But, but second, I was like, what is the difference? Like it's even the same A12 chip only with a couple of extra improvements in graphics, which ended up being the chip that they threw in the Mac mini in the developer kit mm. for the M1. So honestly, dude, like I was like, this makes no sense. Then when they launched the iPad Air, I was like, okay, for that price, honestly, I don't care about ProMotion. Like, how many applications really take advantage of ProMotion? I don't spend my life scrolling through Windows. Like, I, you know, I still feel that things like high refresh rate are cool things to have that don't necessarily make the experience 10 times better. Like, it does make sense for you to have high refresh rate, you know, if you're going to connect an Xbox to a TV and stuff like that, it could make a difference. But if you're playing Fortnite on your iPad, you really aren't good at playing Fortnite. <laughs> that's what I, that's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> Would there... Okay, so with this prediction that the M1 will bridge applications or even on a bigger scale, the operating system between the MacBook I have in front of me and the iPad Pro, which has the same exact specifications as this MacBook Pro in front of me. Do we right. really think like, is that a bridge too far? You think because I mean, they're not just going to give up on either Mac OS or iPad OS. They're not going to give up I, on either. It, it, they just have to give people the, the option to choose which app they want. Mm. And I, I do feel that iPad OS makes a lot more sense than Mac OS on a tablet. I do from a, from a user interface perspective. It makes sense. And there are reasons I love using an iPad. Like if I'm scripting, I love being stuck on a canvas where it's very hard to throw in distractions. I disable notifications. I do so many things. And so I like the immersion of an iPad for those purposes. But again, there is, give me a reason to not recommend the $329 iPad over this iPad Pro. Like, I, I'll tell you this much. If Apple at WWDC tells me that my Mac applications are going to work on that 12.9-inch iPad Pro, dude, I would seriously be like, oh, God. <laughs> well, because the, oh. uh, what is it, $1199 for the iPad Pro. How much are the new keyboards and mouse? Oh, and then that's the other problem. Like, do you like do people really understand how much it costs to really get an iPad? Because the keyboard is three hundred bucks. The cheapest one is two hundred uh, one fifty. Well, for the for the twelve point nine, it's it's uh it's two hundred bucks. So let's just say you go for the Folio keyboard, all right? Because but then, no, I think you're going to need the trackpad. So the cheapest one is a Logitech keyboard, which is actually pretty good. I love that thing to death. Oh. Uh, the new combo one is actually the same as the Slim Folio that I use on the iPad Air. It's fabulous. Like, that's what I would recommend more. And, or you've got that bridge keyboard that's about to launch with a huge trackpad like that. Okay, so it's a two, so it's $1,199 plus $200 plus $120 for the Apple Pencil, because I mean, come on, you, you need that Apple Pencil to take advantage of that thing. So then you're talking about a $1,500 investment that ends up being thicker than a MacBook Pro, more expensive than a MacBook Pro. Yep. And we're talking, you get half the storage of that MacBook Pro. So do you really need that touchscreen? Yeah, that's really all, that's really the main question is, well, app support, obviously, but then the touchscreen. You're basically paying for a two-in-one with a touchscreen that is, like you just said, more expensive than the MacBook Pro 13. And, and bulkier. Like, and, I, and, I can't imagine traveling with that thing. Yeah. Even I. Oh, and, even and, and I embrace get, the MacBook Pro 13. And you get, <laughs> and you get less ports because there's not even... Like, I, I can already imagine the nightmare that it'll be to edit a video on that thing because there's no headphone jack anymore on an iPad, on those iPads particularly. And so I can't connect to a USB-C dongle because I'm going to have to be editing my video through my SSD that's connected to Thunderbolt. 
And so I'm going to have to use Bluetooth audio on that iPad, which means that I am going to have a really hard time having my audio sync with the tablet. And so we go back. How do you really need that touchscreen? Like, and then I I would have, then, then then there's the other problem. I'm like, why no mini led on the 11 inch Mm. like why like i think the 11 inch is the sweet spot the 11 inch feels like a notepad that form factor feels like if i'm grabbing this little one of those yellow notepads where i can write my notes like for me that is the sweet spot ipad it's enough of a display and honestly i that's all i want but then if i'm not going to get that mini led and you're going to argue the pro display xdr like why It makes no, like, uh, I, I, I really, honestly, I really want to love this thing. But I can't sit here and tell you it's the best thing you can buy because it's not. It's not. I it's agree. not. It would, it would be, a, like, you really have to drink that Kool-Aid. And as a full-blown Apple user, because pretty much everything that I own is Apple, and I have had Apple products since 2010? 2009, my iPhone 3GS. That was the first one. Oh, no. The first generation iPod Touch in 2008, actually. (laughs) That was my first Apple product. Uh, Dude, I've had Apple products forever. I recommend the Apple Watch over anything. I will recommend an M1 over anything right now. There is no better computer right now. But there is no purpose for that iPad Pro. And I Now, here's the thing. You did see some really cool things that you could do with that LiDAR, like being able to like track people in real time and for green screen effects. Mm-hmm. Like To have a mobile device do that is really awesome, but then tell me why my iPhone can't do it if I get the same LiDAR and better cameras. Well, that's got to be coming later, and that's going to be a huge thing for streamers. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's not like if my iPhone can't do it, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lot more portable. Yeah. I mean, and so it's... It's those things where I'm like, these are very niche use cases where I'm like, dude, if you're in that niche, I'm sure you're not using an iPad for professional video, for example. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I, I, I struggle to think of, aside from like the chroma keying and stuff like that, yeah. I struggle to think what the cam- how the cameras justify the price hike. I'm sure you're walking home and, and you've got your Mac in a corner with a six thousand dollar pro display for display xdr you're not using an ipad dude it's like what i tweeted today i'm like listen you know smartphone makers you know i i i get it that your smartphone camera is amazing but please stop trying to come to please stop trying to convince me that professional photographers will replace their mirrorless for a phone Please, like, come on, we're not stupid. Well, somewhere our auntie, somewhere an auntie and her uncle saw the news and were like, oh, the iPad I use now for camera gets <laughs> updated now. Oh, oh my God. No, my, Diego was like, oh my God, the soccer moms are going to have a ball with this thing. Exactly. Um, well, so <laughs> but this that is, was it. So this is what we got on the iPad Pro. Um, let's, let's talk real quick about what we didn't get. Um, I saw some people were upset that there was nothing to talk about with the iPad mini. They wanted an iPad mini oh, update. So see that I really want an iPad mini pro. Okay. So you were one as like, well. Yeah. I listen, if you're going to, if your iPad is going to continue doing iPad things, I even want a smaller form factor. Mm. I want, I love the iPad mini. Like for me, that is it. It's like, it's it's good for e-reading. You can still watch a movie on that thing. And don't worry, you're not going to go blind. It's perfect for note-taking. It's like for the things that I do, it's perfect. I wouldn't care about using Final Cut on that thing. Like I really just wanted to make sure that the form factor was going to continue existing. Mm. And I definitely want an alternative to those bezels. Uh, so I really wanted like an iPad mini pro, even if they gave me less of a chip and whatever, like, I don't really care. Like that form factor doesn't demand, like, you know, I would have even been like, listen, I wouldn't even call the, uh, like for me, the 11 inch iPad pro has no reason to exist. It just does not. I think they should have the iPad air. They should have an iPad mini and have those with the a 14 bionic and have those be like the more of the notepad tablets. And then for the true professionals, you have one iPad Pro, which is 
no holds bar, and that thing can run Mac applications because you've got a larger canvas and stuff like that. That would make more sense. But right now, the 11-inch iPad Pro makes no sense at all. Hmm. At all. Particu- if you've got the iPad Air, you do not need that MacBook Pro. That, so sorry, many, that iPad Pro. Hearing you talk through the different iterations of the iPad, I realize there are actually a lot of them. Yeah, dude. Uh, you've many. got the, the regular iPad, the iPad Mini, which... That the, the, that's another case where it just doesn't make sense that the iPad mini is more expensive than the regular iPad if they're technically the same thing, only that the iPad mini has more storage. Mm. It has more starting storage. That's it. Um, but then you've got the iPad Air, which again, for me, that's the sweet spot. That's like the iPad for everyone. That mm. is the best bang for the buck. If you want an iPad, that'll do again. And and then you've got uh you've got the and then you've got the you know iPad Pro lineup. And so Historically, for Apple, it's always been like you've got the consumer and you've got the pro models, and there are differences, particularly with the Mac. And so, in the consumer area, you had the MacBook Air and the MacBook, and so those ones don't didn't have discrete graphics and so many things. And then the pro models, at least the 15-inch model that now that's now the 16-inch has discrete graphics, and so you you get the choice. You pick your poison, and technically, yes, uh, an you can get the cheapest MacBook and it'll do the same thing as even a Mac Pro. The difference is how long you're willing to wait if you wanted to export a video with with uh, you know discrete graphics, it would do it in four or five minutes for a 4K video at 10 minutes. You want to do that on on the MacBook, it probably will cough itself to death. MacBook Air would take like 40 minutes to an hour. Hmm. And so you would pick whatever poison you wanted, but it didn't mean that the computers couldn't do it. And so the M1 has really bridged that gap. And I, I like the concept of you picking what you want. Sure. You either want to pen, spend so much money on an overglorified tablet that runs Mac applications if they end up doing that, or you pick a Mac and you pick what you want. And both of these form factors were designed for that use. That actually makes sense if they do it. Mm, fair. Um, you just started talking about MacBook performance and whatnot. So that was yet another thing that I feel a lot of people were expecting out of an Apple event. Again, understanding that WWDC is right around the corner, uh, but mm. people are frothing at the bit right now for that MacBook either 16 or 14 with an M series chip, whether it's the M1 yeah, or the M1X, M2, whatever it might but be. But that's not that's not going to happen yet. Historically, those get launched in the fall, so I wasn't expecting it. Usually mm. this event is, also, is always more... Not education based, like they've changed what this event is. First, it was services. Then, you know, I then they launched. I, I forget. Like last year, it was like, last year didn't, didn't even happen. I remember now, that long Apple TV event, and that was oh like, God. oh goodness, like this is oh God. we're not going to get anything that. <laughs> but it was Steve. So yeah. Oh no, that's true. The Eddie Q one. That's mm-hmm. true. And then Apple TV was such a disappointment. But no, listen, I actually even think, um, just like. The MacBook Air right now is what Steve Jobs promised the original MacBook Air would have been in 2008. This right now, an M1 MacBook Air would actually be, sorry, an M1 iPad iPad Pro would actually be, to a certain degree, not the promise that Steve made, but what people wanted. If you watch the first generation iPad event, Dude, it was rumored that Apple was working on a tablet. Everybody was going crazy. Steve even joked about it. He's like, the last time there was so much, so much excitement for a tablet, it had commandments on it. Like, like there was this Wall Street Journal article. It was crazy. But then he launches the, he announces the iPad. And when people, people see the tablet, everything was great. And then they see that it's running iPhone OS Mm. at the time. Yeah. Dude, people pan the first generation ipad there is even an event afterwards like closely after where they launched the ipad 2 where steve says people criticize this but you know but it's sold like hotcakes but there's a reason why it's sold like hotcakes cakes it's because everybody thought that thing was going to be priced at a thousand bucks and it costs 4.99 that is the reason why people didn't debate the ipad because it was so affordable Mm -hmm. and you know it was a larger canvas iphone it made sense for $499. But how can you sell a $1,000 iPad to people if what they were expecting at the time was a tablet running OS 10? And not necessarily OS 10. They just wanted pro usage mm-hmm. from that thing. They wanted it to be a computer that's a tablet. That's what they wanted. Yeah. At the time, tablet PCs were just 
you know, they were more portable PCs, but they, they were still PCs. They, there was no differentiation. And you saw Android follow with Android tablets and they, you know, they fell. Why have tablets not, you know, taken off if not for iPads or for, you know, Amazon Fire tablets? It's because they're really not useful. They're just entertainment devices. Mm -hmm. And if you want to tell me that a product is a pro, it has to be useful for more than just entertainment useful for more than just the basic internet because then how is that any better than a chromebook yeah that's true and it's it's high time that apple it's like the one product category that you know they can do they just haven't done it yet is the two-in-one or the convertible or whatever you want to call it but he needs the full os and I mean, we've already had examples of what this could look like in the Windows space, the Samsung yeah. books, Book Flex but, but, but or they, anything like but that. But they haven't been successful. And so yeah. I understand Apple for not wanting to take that leap. I get it. Like, listen, I get that a lot of you have touchscreen computers on your Windows computers. Just tell me how often you use that touchscreen. I never do. You, you have to admit that Apple is right in that sense. They're right. And so if you give me an iPad that runs Mac apps, I'm going to be the happiest guy. I might even debate the concept of having my being a MacBook Pro mm. in that sense. Like, and th- then the last thing that it would be mis- that it would be missing now would be real Safari. Like, don't tell me that it just tells the you know tells the 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 browser that it it's a desktop when it's really not. No, give me real Safari on that thing. You give me real Safari. You allow me to get real Chrome on that thing? Like, can you imagine all this? There's an M1 version of Chrome. Yeah. Like, that would change the iPad completely right there. Well, you're you're the Final Cut guy. Uh, Blackmagic Design already started. Like, they were one of the yeah. first M1 developers. If you know, yeah. if DaVinci Resolve is on that iPad, I mean, I got to give it a, I got to give it a look. I, I, dude, why not? Yeah. Like, if. And and if they want to modify the apps to work better on a touchscreen, fine. I don't care. It's not like if it doesn't have mouse support now. Exactly. Like, but anyways, I I think that I'm I've sorry I've just thrown us off on the tangent of the iPad. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Like, what did you think about that iMac? I was just going to bring it up. I I know what your thought is on it because I watch your video. I, but I know what your thought is on it. I think I think the white bezel thing, I get where you're coming from with that, but I kind of really adore what they're doing with the IMAX. There's the reason why. I still have memories from my campus days at the University of San Diego where every single campus room that had something to do with like administration or work or even the tech support office that I was in was run on IMAX. And those were always the computers we went to because they were the most reliable ones in the room. Like they were the ones we knew we could get our work done on. Now we have an updated one with an M1. And I'm like, damn, imagine if this came out when I was in college, I would have been mind blown at what this could be. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I do. I'm just worrying, waiting for version two. (laughs) No, I like it. I do. I, I actually would be willing to buy it. A lot of people in the comments of the video were like, yeah, well, how is this any better than a Mac mini? Oh my God. It's so much better. The monitor that I'm using right now, which is the LG Ergo, is pretty much that technology. It is a 4K 32-inch. This is a 32-inch monitor. But if you want to buy like anything in the 24-inch space that is 4.5K and color accurate, you want to know how much money that costs? I mean, I don't think that monitor is going to be any cheaper than six, 700 bucks. Mm, probably. So if a Mac Mini will cost you the Mac Mini alone will cost you twelve hundred bucks, and that doesn't include a keyboard or a mouse. True. <laughs> and you know that app, you know the Apple tax; those accessories are going to cost you a hundred hundred bucks a piece. Um, just think about it; like it would actually be more expensive for you to build an M1 Mac Mini with that capability than to just buy the iMac. So, honestly, I think that for those people debating bang for the buck, I would say bang for the buck quality. The iMac is a much better buy than the Mac Mini unless you already have all these accessories. The accessories are really what make it expensive. Do you think that the... I know some people were bellyaching about why this massive splash of color. Do you think it was too gaudy and overdone? No, no. no. I mean, pick your poison. Like The good thing is the cool colors are going to sell out immediately and then people go crazy over wanting one and the... 
that's the that's a listen. I love Dieter Bone's video in the in the Verge about air tags, which we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. where he's like, "These are all very Apple things to do. Give me a product that cannot stand on its own. Like, give me a product where I'm going to need to invest in accessories and this and that." So yeah, this iMac, prepare yourself to buy a dongle, like a very good dongle, because. Mm-hmm. There's no USB-A, there's no HDMI, there's no a lot of things. That's true. Um, and, and then the funny part, like they put the ports, I find it funny that they put the, the this thing is so thin that it doesn't really fit uh, a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack from the back. So they put it on the left side and I'm like, why the heck did you not put all the ports there? Why not put the ports on the side? Like... Have you ever, like, do you remember the iMac days where it's like you had to go all the way to the back just to connect something? And so you would end up buying a dongle that would have to be filling at the bottom just to see where your ports are. Well, I had, I also had countless like scrapes on my hand and arm trying to get around the sharp chassis of the uh, metal iMacs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, dude, like, I remember when I started doing video, seriously, first thing I went to buy was an iMac. Mm. And even the entry-level iMac was all you needed. And those things are iconic, man. iMacs are beautiful. Um, Again, I struggle with that. I struggle with that dark bezel. I even struggle with the concept of the bezel alone. Like, why does it exist? If this thing is mostly chassis, because the bottom chin is where everything is housed, then what, what is the purpose of the bezel? Mm. It shouldn't be there. That is a fair it point. Really, it really shouldn't be there. That's one thing. Um, the second thing, honestly, is why that huge chin? And I don't mind the chin if like the, there was more of a modularity from the arm of the, of the iMac at the back, but you can't really tilt it lower. And so I've always had this issue where the correct ergonomic position for a monitor is for it to be at, at eye level from the top. Yeah. And so unless you have a standing desk, there is no way that an iMac will be eye level with you because of that chin. And so those are the design choices that Apple makes that I, you know, I sometimes question. Isn't that where the speakers are, though? Th- that is where the speakers are, which is then the other topic that I'm like, okay, why not make him from firing? And so we were talking with Fisher about that. And Fisher's like, yeah, well, you know, it's because of the, the, because it's so thin. And I'm like, dude, is there anything thinner than your MacBook Pro? And those speakers will blow anybody away. He's like, yeah, you're right. And Mm -hmm. so why not make them front firing? If you're going to give me that damn chin, give it a purpose. Fair. Yeah. I, I, I tweeted just before the show because it kind of was an aha moment, a dumb one, but still. I was like, if you take the stand off of an iMac, isn't that the iPad Pro, like a huge iPad Pro with Mac OS that some people wanted? <laughs> and they already got, I got a few responses <laughs> like, you're right, but no. <laughs> and then think about it. Like, I love how Microsoft did it. I what, what was the Microsoft? Was it the Surface Studio? The one that has that iMac design, but then you can tilt it down. Yeah. And you can draw on the screen like, dude, can you imagine something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be crazy. And so, again, I, I understand, like Apple, I, I have to give it to Apple. They understand what they're doing. I'm not going to question things. And I'm sure that WWDC is going to reflect on a lot of things. But then if you ask me right now, do I recommend that you buy the iMac? Yes, I do. Do I recommend that you buy the iPad Pros? No. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because even if you get the soft, even if Apple launches amazing things at WWDC, you have to understand you're going to have to wait until the fall to get the full software update, which means that you're going to end up with an overglorified iPod Touch from here until what, October? Yeah. And so where's your money's worth for that? By that time, you're going to have the M2 Mac, you know, iPad. By then, there's going to be a new iPad Air like at, at in the fall like it's just the timing like again i don't need ipad os 12 point whatever the or 15 or whatever they're going to call it just give me my pro apps you already have all you need to do is create a window on the app store to allow me to download them and let me pick my own poison yeah um all right so changing gears um I think I might need you to explain to me why AirTags are such a big deal because 
I know that Apple added in a few specific things to their version of a location tracking device, but I feel like we have a lot of location tracking devices already. So why are apples so damn special? Because I've seen a lot, I've seen videos on it that mm-hmm. our fellow uh, creators are making. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't understand the hype around these. Okay. Simple. How many iPhones, how many people do you know carry an iPhone? A lot of people. Okay. So what makes AirTag special is not the AirTag itself, but the Find My Network. The fact that Apple, this is, again, I have to hand it to Apple to apple for how well they play the long game like i think it was like three years ago that they launched an update to the find my feature where it will piggyback on any iphone or mac or ios device like if you lose an air tag let's just say you lose your wallet and it's got an air tag in it and you know the biggest problem with tiles or any other product is in the case of tiles, there is sort of like a tile network where they they talk to other people with tiles, but then how many people do you know have tiles? And then the tiles have the problem that their battery, like once it dies, it dies. there's just so many problems, and it's the reason why that market never really took off um, or it didn't become more popular. And so the good thing about Apple is if you lose anything, it, like there is a way for Bluetooth low energy to silently communicate with other Apple devices in its vicinity that don't necessarily have to be yours. Mm-hmm. And so if you left that thing in a subway car and you know it just got lost, you can declare that that got that that product is lost and then it'll automatically start looking for iOS devices to passively pinpoint itself. And so there is a way for you to find your products even if they are completely out of your reach, whereas every other product pretty much only works if it is in your reach. Like if it is within Bluetooth range, you'll find it, but then if it's not, you won't. And so what's the purpose of you using the others? Hmm. I must have missed this part because the only other thing that I remember from the AirTags portion of the presentation was precision location. So precision location is cool, but it's not like, you know, even the Samsung smart tags have ultra wide. Yeah, exactly. You go for the more expensive one. Um, it's just, you know, Apple and it's very Apple way. I love Dieter's. I love Dieter's video in The Verge. I highly recommend people watch it because it's like this is a very Apple thing to do. It's not just let me give you a beep. It, it gives you an arrow. It uses the ultra wideband to give you an arrow to pinpoint you to where to go. Like if you just make the iPhone make a sound, if you left it somewhere from your Apple watch, you'll hear the sound, but you, you hear the direction, but you don't hear exactly where. And if you have, if you've live in, if you live in a long apartment, like I do, it could be anywhere in that other direction. Mm-hmm. And so the beautiful thing about these air tags is they will, it, once you're like within 30 feet of the product, they'll give you a precise arrow as to where to walk. And it'll start giving you haptic feedback. That'll tell you where it is, where no other company does this. Um, it's like, so warmer. it's like warmer and colder warmer. Yeah. And so that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I don't know if it's got vertical or I don't know if it's got vertical precision. I, I wonder, I, you know, I'll order mine and I'll see how that goes. But, mm. um, so yeah, it's not, what makes it special is not the air tag itself. It, it doesn't do anything more than others with the exception of a couple of genius things. The first is the find my app. There is just there. It's so easy for you. Like in the United States, particularly where most people have iPhones, most people have Apple products. Um, it's just so easy to find your product after the fact out of range. That is fantastic. The second thing that I like is why did I stop using tiles? How many of these have a replaceable battery? And so you pay 30 bucks for a tile that has no replaceable battery, and all you get is a discount to buy the other one uh once this one dies out but so what's the point where in a very non-apple fashion you actually can just put a cr2032 battery on that thing Mm. um and so that's pretty cool but then there are other things that are very apple like one of them is the privacy feature like you can grab a tile and give it to you know to your partner and your partner will have no way of knowing that there is a tile there tracking them where and and but then you've got the limitations of tile distancing and everything so that's the reason why nobody has ever been able to do it 
or nobody would ever consider it. But then in the case of Apple products, because you have that level of precision, even far away, particularly if your spouse or partner is using an iPhone, the tile won't allow you to do that with your partner. The tile will actually start beeping if it notices that it that it's leaving with somebody else's, uh, you know, that it's that it's moving away from your vicinity. I yeah. guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, if it's moving away from the source, right? Interesting. Right. That's yeah. funny, and that also points to yeah. a, a bigger problem if that, uh, if that scenario <laughs> is actually happening. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little bit more convinced as far as AirTags are concerned. We do have one last thing from the event to talk about, um, and it just it's it's a color. It's um, it's a color, and it's only for the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Mini. Purple, 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 purple. You made a really great point. I didn't know that the iPhone was originally called like, what was it? Project Purple or something like Project that? Project Purple. That's yeah. interesting. That was an interesting tidbit. I was like, Apple, and, and everybody's like, yeah, no, Apple has already done this. I'm like, guys, it was lavender. <laughs> well, here's it the thing. It was lavender. I, obviously, my first place to go when I want a reaction about a color of a phone is Isa. And Isa. <laughs> she said she was very excited about it, but she was not very happy with this trend and i feel like we've known about this trend over the last two years or so where a phone comes out that probably is something that a lot of people would buy but then one of the main reasons why an isa would buy the phone is because of the color and that color comes months and months later yeah but smartphone manufacturers do that because they're struggling to sell something and they want to put it back in the limelight that's the whole purpose which is it's 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 like a second cycle of a new product, I guess. True, but then the the first adopters who do legitimately want the phone sans color, then have a choice to make at some point later on, where they're like, "Damn it, I gotta get this, get this one now." No, I, I've got an easier solution for you. Just remember, you're gonna strap it on a case. <laughs> yeah. So who cares? Yeah. Who cares? But the thing is. I get, I get where a lot of people have that sentiment. You know, if you go put a case on, you're going to cover it up anyway. What's the point? But it, it's easy to say everyone would do that. But, you know, statistically, not literally everyone does that. Uh, I, I, guess, I guess, like, for me, it's like, you know, this is something that Apple does. And Apple's not the only one. Samsung does it all the time. A lot of companies do it. This is just a way to keep their product in the spotlight. And that's just that's the way it is. Now, I'm sad that they didn't launch a pro variant of that purple. That'd be really cool. That's the like other thing, that too. metallic matte version. Exactly. That's the other trend that I agreed was something I didn't like seeing, that the fun stuff is only for the lower ones. It's never for the pro stuff. Yeah. But again, we're not teenagers anymore. <laughs> so I think, I think Apple believes we're boring, and that's just... I'm like, I have more fun than a lot of teenagers, but whatever, you know. <laughs> That's where I would take offense because you know what? I'm a pro-level person. I Even I will like get a D-brand skin for my MacBook because they only come in space gray or whatever the other one is, silver. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I'm sure that companies have realized that very few people would buy a BMW in purple and that's the reason it doesn't exist. Like, if you're at the level where you can buy that car, you can wrap it all you want and give it the color you want, but there are standard colors just because at this price point, these are the aspirational colors that most people that can buy these products will will drift to. What if they... You see, now that we've covered the event pretty much, I'm thinking of dumb yeah. questions. What if they made an iPad Pro with Mac OS, but it was only purple? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have a blue iPad Air, so I, 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 you know, I have a problem, and it's the fact that I have worked with Michael Fisher for too many years. Mm. Michael is the worst human being in history because I remember the time where, for me, a phone had to be black, at most silver, gunmetal, whatever, and then Lum Nokia starts launching those Lumias in yellow and Ferrari red. Hell yeah. And Michael would just go crazy for them. And for me, it was like, I would never be caught dead with a red phone. And then OnePlus launches the OnePlus 6 in red. And I didn't pick it. They just sent it. And I remember unboxing that thing. And I'm like, who am I going to gift this to? I would never use this phone in red. And then I unboxed that thing. And I was like, oh, I hate you. I hate you. This looks so sexy. I hate you. And I started using it, man. 
And then I, I guess I start like it's one of those things where you grow into it. It's like a perfume you don't like at the beginning, and then eventually you realize that it'll settle in. It's the same thing with colors where now I really I, I have a hard time whenever they send me a black phone. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, God, just send it to me in white or what was the first white phone that I used? I think it was the iPhone 4S. That was, yeah, that was the first one. And I love that phone. But I remember I didn't want the iPhone 4S, but I was meeting Brandon in Philly. And Brandon, I was like, order it for me and I'll pick it up there. And, I, and Brandon's like, I'm going to order it in white. And I'm like, no, black. And he's like, you're going to get it in white. You're going to try it out. And if not, I'll return it. And I remember grabbing it in white and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. My first, so, my first white phone, it's funny you mentioned that, would have been the OnePlus One. And that was when I started learning like, oh, yeah, all black everything is a little bit harder to film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but then all white is not necessarily easier in darker scenarios. And yeah, so it does depend. that's the reason why I started valuing other colors. And OnePlus was the first company to get me into it. Mm. And so, I don't know. I, you know, going back to the colors of the iMac, I hate the bezel, but everything else, like would I put money on that iMac? Of course I would. Well, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely it's, expecting those iMacs to start popping up in everything, like every college campus, every TV show, like they're yes, all going to be there. but you have to remember, when the iMac, you know, when you and I, to a certain degree, grew up with an iMac, it could do a lot of things less than it can now with the M1. Mm -hmm. Right now, that iMac, why do you think they've discontinued the Mac Pro, the Mac, the iMac Pro? The M1 will make any iMac Pro serve no reason for being. Like, dude, I the, the other day Diego was like, so we were doing that video for we were doing that video for WWE, so for the event, for the Apple event, for the Spring Loaded, and the I was like Diego, I, uh, let's do the essay video, but I can't edit it. I don't have time because I have this and that. So you're gonna edit it. And I'm like, but I wanted it in 4K. And, the, and you know, Diego, was his, he uses a MacBook Air, an M1. And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if the MacBook Air can do it. And I'm like, dude, I do it on the 13-inch MacBook Pro. What's the difference? A GPU core? It'll probably take a little extra in exporting or something like that. He's like, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, I seriously think that the bottleneck is the SSDs that you're using. Mm. So, you know, we could try another SSD. Dude. He ended up editing the entire video in 4K without a problem. And now he's like, I don't know why it's been choking before. And I think it has to do with the chroma key effects. But, you know, the point being, if that MacBook Air can do everything it can do, imagine with the cooling, with the thermal envelope of that iMac, dude, like that iMac is the perfect creative mach machine. Yeah. 4.5K display, like you have an accurate color display for that price you really can't beat that man yeah and i get so envious of our current generation because i remember using imovie on the old imax trying to make videos for my filipino club and all that stuff mm -hmm. now with the m1 like you literally you just need to have the skill set and you have all the tools you need um, speaking of like editing and whatnot, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I think we've covered everything in the Apple event already. Um, any final thoughts or maybe some hype that you want to have around WWE? You tell me, like, what are your final thoughts first? And I'll tell you mine. Um, I, I pretty much am in line with you other than like the whole, um, not other than I'm pretty much in line with you. I guess I would just emphasize that I adore those iMacs. I'm not going to get one, but I love that they exist. Um, I've never been an iPad person. Like you've been the only, you have always only the only person I know who actively uses the iPads in the way they were meant to be used. Yeah. We've never, I've never seen anybody else do that. You're the only person. And it's just never been my thing. And I said on Twitter after the event, like the, the event was fine. It's just that I know they're not trying to do this, but it's still my metric. The iPad pro is already basically the same size as my MacBook pro 13. It took yeah. me years to finally embrace having a MacBook Pro 13. And even then, I'm not so into the Apple ecosystem that I feel like I need an iPad Pro. And this event did nothing to convince me. Yeah. Yeah. I <clears throat> I think I understand Apple. You've got WWDC coming around the corner. The problem is it's not like if they're going to announce iPad OS 15 and give it to people right there. It'll take three, four months for that to happen. And so it's not that I'm disappointed. I just you know, when the first generation iPad was announced, this is the reason why people got mad because they were like, wait, iPod Touch for 
the only reason it made sense is for the price but there's always been this concept that an ipad is something that you don't need it's something that's cool to have but mm -hmm. then it ends up in like a, it ends up in your nightstand pretty much as you know that that little browser thing that you're going to have there which is not really a great browser and so many things and so if you're going to own if you're going to put such a powerful chip on that thing can you please just own the capabilities because if not you're telling people like i feel that it's deceiving i feel that it's not right what is the point of you telling me that this thing has so much RAM and so many GPU cores if there is not one app in that app store that's going to be able to take advantage of it right now? Mm. There is not one. I think that that is deceiving. It is, it is incorrect for you to tell people that a, that a product is that powerful when an iPad Air can launch the same app at the same time. There is, that, that should just not be. And so I would have loved, like I think that it would have been great if if they would have ended the event with a one more thing mm. and that event would have been a teaser sort of like an avengers teaser for pro apps and it would be like stay tuned for wwdc dude if they would have done like an avengers preview of another movie but for something that's coming in june i can assure you that those ipads would sell out on day one like that would have like driven people crazy, even if they weren't sure of exactly what they're getting. Mm -hmm. And so that is what's missing right now. I cannot recommend anybody buy them right now. I can't buy an iPad air. That's the most I can recommend you buy. But if they would have given me that teaser, then this discussion wouldn't have been happening. And I'm sorry. I cannot like, I know that there are a lot of creators that will be like, yeah, no, it's amazing, but let's be honest. Let's be real. Are you really going to use? Is that is it really a pro tablet? It is not. Mm -hmm. It's it just is not. It's just another tablet. <laughs> it is a powerful, underutilized, beautiful piece of hardware. Yep. And there you go. I think you heard it there. Um, all right. Well, uh, those were our thoughts on the Apple event, uh, namely the iPad Pro and developments around the M1 chip being put in more things. Um, I think that should pretty much do it for this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly. Jaime, thank you so much for making the time. Um, I needed tea. Should have gotten that. <laughs> well, go make some <laughs> after this. Uh, if Is there anything you want to plug before I move into the outro? Uh, the fact that I need tea. Pretty oh, much. there you go. And let's see what we get at WWDs. There you go. Well, I'm going to, speaking of the MacBook Pro, I'm going back on it. I'm writing up a script for the next video for Pocket Now, so I'm, I'm working on that now. Uh, but yeah, with all that said, we're going to call it on this one and uh, go into the outro starting now. All of the links for both Jaime and myself are found in the show notes. From there, you can head over to pocketnow.com for the latest headlines, follow Pocket Now across social media at Pocket Now, and then go to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Pocket Now for content that's coming out pretty much every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you in our next episode.